This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, will a star of India be adding spice to the attack? And will Wotherspoon feed United success? Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. And for the first time in 2024, we've got the full team here, thanks to a rare appearance by Holiday George Cran. <laughs> Hello. And also here, oh, I'm Tom Duffy, by the way, still. <laughs> forgot my own name. Alan Temple. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. Hello, George. Happy New Year. Yeah. Uh, nice to, nice to be back. I thought it was just this, the, the Premiership players that got a two-week break after the, the New Year. Right, well, well as you it. might have noticed on our Down With The Kids chat group the other day, I suggested that George has <laughs> reversed the six weeks holiday into six weeks working and the rest of the year off. Yeah. And as, as I said, I'm trying to negotiate a better deal than that. Aye. Are you going to last a whole hour without a break? No. <laughs> anyway, since you're here, George, right into Dundee, and I'm going to ignore you, Bear. Yeah. 114 years, Bear, it's time! Well, Actually, 114 years, incidentally, that. since my granddad saw Dundee stop win the my that. granddad saw Dundee win the Scottish Cup in 2010. Yeah. That's scary, isn't it? He was at the first and third games of the really? Scottish Cup marathon final yeah. against Clyde at Ibrox. Ibrox. Because Dundee, by repute, is. I did a much, story on that actually. It's remember, pretty much it? rebuilt, yeah, but yeah. the stand that Dundee won the, got the cup in is the stand that's at then now yeah, because they right. later got it. But it's it's much changed. To mm -hmm. be fair, I don't know if there's a single plank of wood left yeah. from the 1910 stand. But they're back in action after their break yeah. this week. Yeah. They're down at Killy. So this time next year, 150 <laughs> years. <laughs> 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 It's not a, a brilliant draw, I've got to say. There's so many other teams that, that probably would have picked before going to Kelly, especially after being down there just three three weeks ago yes. in, in the league. Uh, and they, had, they had quite a tough time. They did fair, fair, play, fair play them. They came away with a draw, but yeah, they were, they were easier ties. And uh, yeah, you know what? They've been a wee bit unfortunate with cup draws, and especially the Scottish Cup. Going back in recent times, it was St Mun last year, um, another tough draw. We had put up a fair, a fair show, and then they were going through their... Their penalty nightmare last yeah. yeah. week. Anyway. Uh, I'll be tucking into my dinner at half past five as you watch Dundee lose on penalty. Well, yeah, they do right. have Trevor Carson in the other well, goal this well, time. Oh, so. I, 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 I comes to that. I hope it doesn't go to penalty, but it does come. Uh, hopefully, Trevor can can do a turn for us this time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a long time, Tom, for Dundee fans, and not just not just sort of obviously getting semi-finals. Getting, it's been getting a while. Semi-finals. Ah, that, that was not one just thing. They were actually a decent. Cup team in yeah. the sense that it went far in yeah. the competitions, but even that's dried up in recent years. It really years, has, isn't it? it not, really uh, has, and they're going to have to overcome a difficult hurdle in Kilmarnock. Um, I'm surprised the game isn't actually on TV. I thought it was it was one of the one mm. of the ties around, but maybe they're looking for something a wee bit more interesting. I don't yeah. know. Maybe the the look they look at Dundee and think in Kilmarnock and think ah, same division. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. I think so. It's, maybe yeah, it's the only prem all Premiership tie. Yeah. Um, there weren't another Darvel, I think, the TV. Yeah, of course, of there, course. So. But they served up a good game, at, you know, yeah. a, 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 couple, a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago at Kilmarnock, and I'm expecting the same And at Dens. Yeah. Two yeah. exciting yeah. games. I, I'm expecting the same again, and it's a game that could, can really go either way, and, uh, yeah, Dundee will have a decent travelling support going down there, and they'll look quite adept at playing on the, on the plastic. They've, they've obviously got a couple of additions uh, to the squad, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting what sort of lineup uh, that Tony Dock puts out uh, down there. But uh, I mean, obviously, the, Tony Dock has gone on about the main priority this season is, is keep themselves in that mm -hmm. league. But uh, Tony Dock has been long enough in Scottish football to know how important the Scottish club yeah. Copperon can be for the club. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, just for confidence and morale, but also for the fans as well. The fans want to be be involved in the Scottish Cup to the latter stages. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a good game. Well, I mean, ironically, the last time they reached the final, over 20 years ago now, the cup run sparked a great league run mm -hmm. as well. So the, the two things can bounce off. And I was going to say, George, you're, you're the man in the know when it comes to Tony Dock. Obviously, the, the focus with Dundee just coming up has been what can they do? Can they stay mm -hmm. in the Premier League? What, what is he's, what's the vibe you get from him about his attitude towards the cup? 
Well, I've been off, so I haven't spoken to him this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking to him this afternoon. Tune in um, next week. We're still in the cup. We might have an answer. Just make it up, George. Yeah, make it up. No, he'll definitely be one to win. I mean, he's up against... First rule of punditry, George. Never say I don't know. <laughs> he'll, he'll definitely be one to win. He's up against his old pal, Derek McInnes. Yeah, that in itself. Um, and uh, it's that wee rivalry will, will keep things going. But as you say, I mean... It, a cup run can spark a league run. It can keep things going, and they want to kick off the year in the, in the right, the right fashion. They've obviously not played yet this year because the, the St Johnson game been off, so yeah. it's been a bit of an extended winter break. They'll, they'll be raring to go, and they've, as Bear mentioned, they've brought in Curtis Main to add a wee. What did that look? Yeah, we stick uh, to the cup. <laughs> well, it should be interesting to see uh, how he impacts the teammate tends to be a player who impacts games when he's in it. <coughs> uh, Owen Beck, it'll be the first game without Owen Beck. So oh, that'll be another yeah. interesting one. Um, but in terms of Tony Dockett, he'll be going all out to win. Um, interesting to see how he, how he goes. Back. Well, that's the thing. I wonder whether he might change from his back three to back four. so mm. that Because that back three was kind of constructed so he could get Beck up the pitch and yeah. get the best out of him. And yeah, Got the best at Portales, who's better in the back three, it seems. You get the feeling um, you're reluctant to do that because that has brought them big success. The team's season, liked obviously it, yeah. with Beck in the team, but uh, I could see why you would do it. Well, when Beck was missing against Rangers, he played Aaron yeah. Donnelly at, at left wing yeah. back. So he may just do that if um, he's got enough bodies at centre back, which we'll find out this afternoon who's who's fit and who isn't. Um, but yeah, it will be really interesting because. If he does change it, it means that he can maybe get wingers on the pitch and get Scott Tiffany. Scott Tiffany started at Rugby Park last time, but it was more like mm. supporting Bakayoko up front. So whether you can get him in his kind of more comfortable position on the flank, which they haven't been able to do with the, the back three, might be something he looks at. Because it's a cup game, might he gamble with Tiffany as a as a winger back, if you see what I mean, accepting that mm. do, a bit like Man City. Uh, do at times Aye. although I'm not putting pressure on the lad <laughs> but basically saying you're a winger son and help out help mm. out when the other team have the ball because it's a it's it's a game that you have to win it's a possibility I, they've tried, I can't remember if it was this season or maybe it was last season but certainly been tried with Luke McCown uh, before he, he kind of transformed himself into a centre midfielder so he's, he could be another option because he's, mm -hmm. he's been tremendous but it's whether you t you're losing you, something when you I take him out of the middle Luke McCowan has, has grown in stature by playing inside yeah, yeah. you know he, he has been played as a winger in the past at Dens but this season coming inside has been the making of him he's been outstanding yeah. playing yeah. there and I think I think Tony Docker would be reluctant to, to push him out wide you know, you've lost him out I, was, you lose, yeah. I was thinking more Tiffany and just yeah. Yeah. It, although we'd all love a cup run I mean that, that that's clear but I just wonder is it a game where you can try that experiment if it doesn't work the league the league is the mm. most important thing and then you know you've you've not wasted three points if you see what I mean by trying Tiffany yeah, yeah. out there and seeing mm. if he can do enough defensively with a bit of help from mm. the right centre half if it's still a back three. And, yeah, it's, just a, it's just a thought because it's a cup game. That's poss possibility. And then the, the added extra to that is you're leaving the rest of the team kind of intact in the, in the way they've been quite comfortable playing in the last yeah. well, game after game mm. after game. It's been a while since they've changed the back four. Um, so yeah, it'd just be really interesting to see how he goes about it. It's not really kind of let slip. Uh, how he's going like, to do it that's not like him I know <laughs> no. um, and interestingly it's, um, I noticed when they were doing the warm up last time at Rugby Park they warmed up a back four and started a back five yeah so a little bit of uh, oh I like that mind games yeah. mind games with the opposition yeah designed entirely to make you look daft on Twitter I think so yeah, yeah that was yeah. I think so best aspect I'm not going to mention it this time <laughs> if I spot it because you know uh, that Derek McInnes was in his office and somebody came they're, they're warming up a back four and Derek McInnes said aye right <laughs> probably but it's, uh, just the, adding that wee bit of uh, doubt into the mind of the opposition isn't, isn't the worst thing I don't think and the other thing about this game I don't at all want to undermine the value of the cup but it's part of the reason that it's the first the first game back for the Premier League teams. It's a good game to get under your belt after a wee break, 
before you get into the league business next week, midweek. And for Dundee, it's it's the start of a busy time. This is very busy and lots of away games as well. They got four away games in a row. Um, just the way things have worked out with the, the games that were called off um, and the cup draw obviously been away. So that's tough to start with. But yeah, as you said, you want to get the legs going again, don't you? Uh, they had a, a bounce game uh, against Wraith Rovers this week to get things going. Um, but there's nothing like a proper game. Mm-hmm. So, But Kilmarnock are in exactly the same boat. Yeah, yeah so that's a good thing. I meant in general, the mm-hmm. Prem, are the Premier League quite happy to restart with a cup game because it's just uh, the league is more important. Yeah, yeah. I think they are, and I think you know that Dundee Kilmarnock is is a good one, and as much as not that you'd you'd want to see Dundee crash out because we want them to carry on, but if they did, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I think the big problem for Premier League clubs coming back. Have you faced someone that's actually doing quite well in a lower league and you've got yeah. them away from home mm. and it becomes a potential banana skin and you find yourself on the wrong end of a result, you know, and suddenly you're back in and straight away the fans are on your case, especially if you, you didn't finish the, before the break too well. Mm. So, uh, equally, I'm not being disrespectful to some of the weird teams, but there'll be a, there will be a game or two where the Premier League team would probably have got more at a training session because it's... Uh, They'll jog their way through 90 minutes, win comfortably, and will they get get as much out of it as they wanted physically going into the league programme mm. in midweek? Well, Aberdeen might have said that last year. Yes, aye, but it's always a banana skin. Yeah. I mean, to, to, for me, this is a great tie for Dundee if they win it, mm-hmm. because it's a, it'll be a challenging game, a boost, and you're ready for the restart of the league yeah. programme. And you have to be honest, This the, for all the 114 years and whatnot, it's, uh, the league's everything for Dundee this yeah, season. Of course it is, and Tony Doherty's made that point. I think the, the big question is, how's he going to set up? Who's going to play on that on that left-hand hmm. side? You know, and I was listening, I listened a wee bit uh, to his interview he did with BBC Scotland last week, and he was continually asked questions about Owen Beck, and you could... He wasn't, getting, he, wasn't getting, he wasn't getting agitated, but because he, he was keen to, to move on and say, look, it's not just been Owen Beck that's got Dundee to where they are this season. We've no. got a squad mm. of players who've yeah. done remarkably well. You know, if Owen Beck has, has left, we've moved on from it. So you know, can, we, I, can we move the questions on as well? Please? I'm a huge fan of Owen Beck, but I think we should remember two goals at St. Johnson earlier yeah. this season. Been, there's, one of the reasons... Uh, Liverpool wanted him at a club like Dundee was because he would have to defend and it was clear that's the side of the, yeah. his game he's going to develop because he's superb going yeah. forward so uh, for me I'd love to that for him to still be at Dens yeah. for the rest of the season but if you've got a solid defensive presence on that mm-hmm. le- left side you're not going to lose in that sense well, it, he might he does, points. as George has said he has an option with Donnelly who's played there in, in the past, if Lamy's fit and can come back yeah. in, you could go with four. And, and then you, what you get, I mean, you don't get one back, but you get a solid left-sided yeah. defender mm-hmm. who, who can do a job at this level. That's, so, you know, they're set up to go there and, and do quite well. And be, to be fair, when Dundee were at Kilmarnock the last time, brilliant in the first half, you know, fully yeah, deserved right. to be in front. Yeah. But Kilmarnock turned the screw in the second half and where they were getting joy was down both flanks where they just continued. Mm-hmm. Danny Armstrong on the right hand side just continue to put ball after ball after ball into the box and ultimately ultimately Dundee Dundee you know gave way and, and the commander got those in front obviously Dundee fought back and got a great point in the end with the last kick of the ball the last head of the ball from Joe Shaughnessy um, so yeah it'll be interesting to see how he sets up at, at that end of the park is this going to be the way going forward is he going to stick with a three which I think he, he loves but he's obviously hindered now with the fact that Beck's gone Portalis is as a, as a miss as well, I've got mm. to say on the on yeah. the right hand side. Does he find? Does he go? You know, maybe it's time to move to a back four with all these games coming up. So it'll give us an indication on Saturday what he's thinking going forward. And, and go back to Beck. Maybe the big frustration for Dundee is the arrival of the man whose name should be on a Motown contract, <laughs> Curtis Main, because the service that Owen Beck could provide no. for him mm. would have been would have been nice to see. You you've seen quite a lot of Curtis Main, Alan, even though you're time is spent across the road often. Yeah, he's, uh, I think the reaction of Curtis Main arriving in Tayside was just for Dundee United fans to angrily 
post clips of him diving to win a yeah. penalty last season. Um, <laughs> I noticed so that. Yeah. That is the the one that does spring to mind. But he's obviously a player that's got vast experience mm. in Scottish football, and he does a job. And I don't think it's necessarily the prettiest job mm. in the world, but by God, it's an important one. But, you yeah. know, he, he brings the ball in, he wins it, he brings other people into the game. He's a battering ram. He is a focus for defenders that then allows other people to go about their business with um, a degree of freedom and a degree of space. And while I don't think it's necessarily the most um, sort of innovative or exciting of signings, especially if you were to compare it to someone like, for example, like Greg Stewart, which was obviously yeah. getting fans uh -huh. excited, I do think it is a... It is a show of ambition that's probably could be easy to underestimate because, um, you know, not, not to get into the grubby stuff of money, but it would be not an inconsequential outlay to get Curtis May. Yeah. He's been on good money in India. Yeah. He quite clearly was looking for a return to UK football. And, you know, you, you hear things in terms of, mm. you know, him having discussions with other clubs. And, you know, it was a, it was a, a, a kind of top end of what you would expect for mid-table Scottish Premiership clubs to be able to afford and if that's you know if he's coming to Dundee on on that sort of uh, terms on an 18 month deal then it's uh it's again it's Tony Doherty getting real backing from the people that are running yeah, the football yeah. club and it's a it's a show that they I would say not only intend to, to stay up but intend to hopefully be competing round about that um, yeah, sort of middle belt of the table where if you know um uh, things can go your way, you can mm. perhaps be challenging for the top six. Well, mm -hmm. main last season, he scored nine goals for St Mirren in the Premiership. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them was in a game where St Mirren either drew or won. Most of them, they won. And they finished sixth mm -hmm. for the first time since, what, 1985, I think, something like that. So he played a major part in St Mirren last season. Um, and it, as Alan says, it wouldn't have been cheap because <coughs> reading between the lines, Tony Dockett making a real point to thank the owners for getting the deal done kind of tells you that maybe they would stretch the budget a wee bit uh, to add in Curtis Main. Um, so that's how much he kind of wants him. Um, obviously, as Alan mentioned, there was a link with Greg Stewart, which would be fa <coughs> fantastic to see him back, but I get the feeling that the money would be spent the money's already. Gone on main. Yes, I would think so. There has been contact with Greg Stewart, but I think... Uh, he may be looking elsewhere now, and Dundee, yeah. Dundee have got their front man that uh -huh. had. Is, is this as well as <coughs> going back to Bear's point about Tony Docherty get, getting slightly irked about Owen Beck, Owen Beck, Owen Beck? That, for want of a better phrase, it's an, an example of Tony Docherty being a jigsaw manager and that he fits pieces together to make a team. He doesn't have a. Hmm. He, he doesn't want one person to be the focal point or, or, or the difference between winning and losing. As Alan says, Mains, Main might not go and score 20 goals and hit 30 yarders and, <coughs> and, and have all the flicks and everything like a Greg Stewart perhaps, mm. but three or four other players in the forward positions will almost certainly benefit quite considerably from his presence. And Tony Doherty seems, he, I mean, he, he looks at his team as a team, doesn't he? I think so. I mean, Greg Stewart may be a bit more of a gamble. He's obviously been away for a long time. Um, and as we saw, it ends obviously great quality. Didn't maybe track back as much as uh, a manager like Tony Dorkey, I think, would like. Um, obviously, he had him at Aberdeen as well when he was up there. Um, so I, I think Curtis Main might, might just have been the, the safer bet uh, of the two of yeah. them if they were tossing it up between the two of them. I, um, I always yeah. thought Curtis Main was a, well, as a player I liked, but he wasn't a player I liked. He was a, he was a player I disliked Tom because right. he was one of these boys that annoys you because he, yeah. he he battered boys about like yeah, Alan yeah. says he's a big battering ram. And that's what he does to defenders. He's got a goal in him. He brings other players into play. He looks like the sort of player you wouldn't like to play against. Mm -hmm. Oh no, yeah. him, no, him again uh -huh. coming towards us. So. And he's got a track, a proven track record. That's that's Tony Doc. That's a Tony Docherty signing, isn't yeah, it? You know, you look you look at Shaughnessy, you look at the goalkeeper Carson Lamy. Oh. He's another one who's got a proven track record. And you've got more of those players in your squad than not in your squad. There's a good chance Dundee will stay in the league, and that's what it's all about this season. In fairness, I suppose he's taken a few gambles and uh, you know loan signings and younger players mm -hmm. that he signed. So, it's, but 
that's maybe a, another indication he's the same as signing likes of Lamy and Shaughnessy and stuff like that. He's got he's gone for the one with the recent track record, mm -hmm. uh, and it makes good sense, doesn't it? Well, he did say that. To be fair, but he did say he tried to get him in the summer as, Aye, as well. Did, you know, so it's not sort of just been sprung upon. Mm -hmm. He's a player that he obviously admired and he wanted in, but it wasn't wasn't possible to do that. So. You know, when you're getting boys, you're actually you're keen to bring in the manager. Must be well I think Dundee are in a really strong position in this transfer window. Whereas in the past, they've been coming into it in a position of the last weakness. time in the Premiership, they're really struggling. I yeah. don't know if they're at the uh, bottom, George. Yeah. Maybe you can last tell me. Twice. I remember Jim McIntyre. It really gets desperate, and you're suddenly looking yeah. around where we go. We need a couple of centre halves, maybe two midfielders, a couple of wide men, and a couple. Of, and suddenly you're looking. Many players we're going to bring in, nah. and more often than not, they did bring in. Eight or nine players, yeah. Jim McIntyre especially, he did that. It was a complete. But he team. was banging his head yeah, against the wall because he was, yeah. his first choice players wouldn't come because no. they were too far adrift, yeah. even in January. And and but he knew he needed players, so he had to gamble much more than he yeah. wanted to. Yeah. And, uh, but fortunately, Dundee aren't in that no, situation. They're an attractive proposition, aren't they? Are, and you can see, and, and, and fair, uh, he was quick to to praise. You know, Tim Keyes and, and John Nelson were getting the, the deal over the line because Alan says it wouldn't be any consequence. There'd be a lot of Premier League clubs would be interested in taking Curtis Main at this point. Yeah. They've shelled out a, an 18 month deal. You know, Dundee. See, that's interesting, I, I yeah. think, because everyone in the summer signed a two year deal. Yeah. So what happened this past summer was everyone was out of contract. So the same is going to happen at the end of next season. Yeah. So I think that's a really good position long term for Dundee to mm -hmm. be in because yeah, if things don't quite go right, they're, in a, they're not you're, you're, you're tied into for these long contracts. With, with big, yeah. big, big deals, but hopefully... But come October this year, yeah. November this year, if things are going going well, well mm -hmm. hopefully in the Premier League again, mm -hmm. you can start speaking to people about extending yeah. contracts. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be a, they're going the right way, way about things. It's all got to come together. And I mean, I don't know... I mean, I, I believe that, that Curtis Main has, has been playing games and you know quite recently, yeah. so he should be up to speed. It'll be interesting to see, is, is he able to play on Saturday, George? Is, is he clear we'll, to We'll to find go? out this yeah. afternoon. They were still waiting on international clearance yeah. when they, they announced it yesterday, but I, I assume he'd be ready to go, I would yeah. think. Um, he hadn't played too many games over in India. I think he'd only played eight, but he had been playing recently. Yeah, I mean, I think, so. I think if he's good to go, I, th I wouldn't be surprised to see him start because I think mm. Tony Doherty will want him up to, up to oh, speed yeah. very, very quickly. Yeah. But to be fair, Doc, he's been loyal to his squad as well. And he has got a big squad. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of injuries, but still now. a big, big mm -hmm. squad there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how he, how he goes on Saturday and how he sets things up. That's, for me, that's going to be more interesting than actual personnel. How is he going to set things up? Mm. Because I think that's the way, as George said, there's a lot of games coming thick and fast. I think that's the way he's going to go over this, this short period where they maybe play six games over a space of two or three weeks. I'm curious about what it means for the other strikers. Mm. You kind of alluded to it there, but if he was chasing Curtis Main last summer, then presumably having realised that he wasn't getting Curtis Main, he brought in somebody else yeah, instead. Yeah. So you've now got a situation where you've managed to get Curtis Main in. So one of those strikers that you brought in last summer, are they for the high jump now? Or Because you're carrying an awful lot of strikers. Yeah, yeah. five's a lot. He hasn't... Uh... Picked Diego Pineda barely at all. I think he's made one substitute. He's been injured recently. He's been fourth choice, clearly, I think. Um, Bakayoko and Robinson are both on loan. Mm. So I wonder whether there's been a part of that kind of securing the club's future in, in terms of getting a, a permanent transfer in and, and not being beholden to, to his parent club taking him back, like mm. Owen Beck. Uh, and and there's, a, there's also, the, I mean, Bakayoko, Robinson... They've not and, scored a lot. Uh, main are basically central strikers, and it's mm. almost in the modern game that the, the number nine mm -hmm. has almost become like a goalkeeper. And I often wonder when they see some another number nine arrive, because normally there's only many teams only play with one out and out striker. And if you're that, if you're a number nine, and they sign another number mm. nine, I mean, is he going to go to four 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 two to accommodate two central strikers? very unlikely going by what most managers do these mm. days so uh, it's an interesting dynamic in the dressing room you wonder how how are the other number nines thinking and I think well, that's me even further away from a start well that's maybe a sign that he's going to stick with his 3-5-2 because that allowed him to yeah. get those two strikers in although he didn't play two at rugby part last time out um, I'd be surprised so really if he plays Bakayoko in Maine 
Together, think? I think. I think. I think it might help Bakayoko just because he he's oh, he's got a difference of opinion. Yeah, I, I don't think he's quite like a classic target man like Curtis Man. I think yeah. he's more of a poacher. But at this point in time, he is the Dundee target man, yeah. and, and you know that's uh, his hold up play in general has been has been, been good, now. decent, decent okay, enough. Yeah, up and down. Whereas Zach Rodden is, is the runner who runs off, yeah, yeah. runs off players and. You know, so but to play me and Bakayoko together, I think there's a bit of similarity there. But the physicality won't be proved wrong, Tom. The physicality would be absolutely terrifying <laughs> if you were a centre half. And also the yeah. uh, talking in the modern game, I mean, the the danger that you would have from set pieces would be quite mm. something. In and terms they've been of, strong in that already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know how that would. I don't. I've not seen enough of, of Dundee from open play to you know how that would all piece together. But, but how do you, how do you explain the two goal scorers that they're the blockers to let Shaughnessy <laughs> go in and score with his now customary header? Mm, well, it's a uh, it's, uh, it's a nice problem to have. Yeah. And might there be more nut strikers? Might might there be more coming? There's yeah, still, I think there so. still is that left back. Thing. Yeah, you yeah. Think that uh, that must be his focus now. I think there would be at least one, possibly two, to come. Uh, I'd keep an eye on Burnley. I have to say terms of their young players they've already been linked with Michael Mellon who's yeah. a striker as well um, and Tony Docker confirmed that's potential I don't know how, how much that's changed since uh, Mains come in yeah. but there's uh, yeah the whole link up with it we haven't heard too much about that in terms of the two clubs but there's definitely stuff happening on, on that front in terms of possible loan players coming up. And he still seems to be looking around Yeah, other areas in the lower leagues. That, uh, tell me about the boy Jack McMillan of Partick Thistle. He's a good player. He is a good player. Yeah, he was really yeah. absolutely outstanding in the playoffs yeah, last, was. last was season. And um, I remember covering him when he was at, at Livingston and he was uh, he was raw, he had potential. Mm. Nobody quite knew whether he was a centre-back or a right-back at that point. I think that made it quite a struggle mm -hmm. for him to cement a place. Um, but um, has really, really matured into a super player for Partick Thistle. And I think he's at that stage in his career that um, uh, I think it's about time that he has a crack at the Premiership mm -hmm. one way yeah. or the other. And it becomes, you know, it's, it's difficult. He's clearly got a loyalty and an appreciation with uh, Partick Thistle. But at some point you go, listen, are Partick Thistle getting out of this division? Yeah. You know, in time for me to have my best years. Um, yeah. So I, I think there'll be, a, I think be a, a couple of mm -hmm. uh, teams from the Premiership. I look at someone like, uh, a Nicky Devlin who obviously did well with uh, with big um, fan of Nicky Devlin, uh, you know, and, mm. and has now made a step up to Aberdeen. Uh, I, you know, saw a lot of him at Livingston. I, I don't think there's any, you know, I, I think Jack McMillan has the potential to kick on to mm. an extent that, that someone like a Nicky Devlin did. He's got the same work ethic and drive and um, good going forward. Yeah, I don't well think like, yeah. Dundee will be the only ones that are looking at. Him, <coughs> I suspect. I, I would guess that's uh, probably more for. The summer rather than this month. But yeah. I mean, you never know with these things. But I was going to say, just I mean, as an aside on this topic, I mean, the fact that boys like McMillan, Devlin, others have dropped down uh, a league in their time, that makes me, my generation go, oh, what we're going for him? He's had his go at a, a Premier League club and he's gone, mm. but I mean, it's, it's basically, do we need to re educate ourselves? Because it's a sign of the economic problems of recent years that players have had to players of Premier League quality mm. have had to say well I need a job yeah what can I get and, and clubs Dundee, Dundee may be an exception this year clubs aren't carrying the big squads that they used to so there is there's talent in the championship even League One yeah, that, is. that that's can make the step up well, yeah. we've seen a wee bit of that with Charlie Riley. I mean, yeah. he's not made a huge impact, but he's made a bit of an impact off the bench. And he was playing League Two last season, so it can happen. Well, I think there's more to come from Charlie Definitely, Riley as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I think you're, you're talking about players dropping down, and there is an economic factor to it as well. But, you know, some players, we've seen it, Tam, some players can, can drop down from a Premier League club and then within two or three seasons they play yeah. junior, junior football. It's how you react to, to dropping down, you know, and some players you know, say, look, I've got to dig a wee yeah. bit deeper mm -hmm. here and show what I can do. And the fact is, if you start performing well for a club, if you see, I mean, just you drop them from the Premiership to the Championship, you're doing well in the Championship, a lot of clubs will then look at your CV and go, look, this lad obviously has had talent to get a contract at a Premier League club early in his career. He's maybe, he's maybe let it slip a bit, but he's obviously showing signs that he can play at this level again. And, and sometimes players, you know, 
need that little bit of incentive to, to kick them on. And certainly Jack McMahon's a player that, that, that I've liked. I've watched him a few times. I think he's got the physical side as well, which is what Tony Docherty is looking for. He, he looks an athletic type. He can get up and down the park very quickly. Um, he's, he's good defensively. He's got a goal on him. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised that, that, that Dundee would, would be linked with him. But it's, not, it's, it's a left-back what I actually need. I've got to say, the left-back at Park isn't, isn't too bad either. A guy called Harry Mullen, mm, um, maybe, like not, him, yeah. maybe not quite as physical as, as Jack McMullen. He's a bit, bit more slight, but he does quite well also. Mm-hmm. And in the other direction, we were, we were speculating last week a wee bit about Lee Ashcroft's future, but it seems that Tony Doherty is wanting him. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, Which is good news. Just reading uh, Tony Docherty's uh, interview, obviously it was with her colleague Craig Cairns, but it doesn't surprise me that he's praising Lee, Lee Ashcroft for his attitude and mm-hmm. uh, how he is around the squad, even if he's not playing, because he's just... A bit of credit again yeah. to the the hierarchy of the club, because they could easily have gone to Tony Docherty and said, you've signed a few centre-halves, yeah. Nobody, nobody's got a bad word to say about Lee Ashcroft, but we've spent a lot of money he's a chance to get some money back because he's a player other clubs mm. would take take off the wage bill uh, mm. quite happily, but it seems that they're, I mean, they're backing him with that as well. Yeah, there, is, there isn't a club in the Championship that wouldn't have no. Lee Ashcroft at this point in time, there's no doubt about that, but the way Lee Ashcroft... That was smirking Alan uh, Temple there <laughs> going, uh, United don't... Yeah, we touched on that no, before, I, I don't think that's the move. <laughs> <for Lee Ashcroft. laughs> no, it's more the fact yeah. that I think half of Fife are ready to battle out <laughs> for them. Ah, yeah. so the case. But he's obviously... He, he's keen for Dundee off the park as much on it. You know, he's a former former skipper of, of the club. You know, the way he conducts himself, he obviously rubs off on the younger players around the club. I, I saw him play a reserve game at North End Park just before Christmas and... He, you know, he just uh, he goes about his business, and mm. he's a he's a proper professional, talk. yeah. And he, I think he accepts he's not in this Dundee. He's loved it, Dunfermline. But while he's while he's there, and wh- he's he's going to give his all. And you know, why wouldn't a manager not want not yeah. want a player like that? You know, and you know, it's strange things happen in football. Um, you know, and I think Tony Dot would be really reluctant to to let Lee Ashcroft go out and then suddenly find that you you know. He, I think Maybe Shaughnessy, yeah, because Shaughnessy, I think, has played every single minute yeah. this season, which yeah. has kept Ashcroft out yeah. of late. But so if if Shaughnessy get picks up an injury or, or a suspension, I would think that be Ashcroft that probably come in. But yeah, always... that's often the way of it as well. Is that although the, although he's got all these centre halves, he maybe sees what George is saying. The Ashcroft and Shaughnessy are the only two that will play that position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there comes a time in games as well, Tom, and it could be on Saturday. Kilmarnock did it the last time where they were throwing yeah. balls into the box in desperation. Putting Lee Ashcroft on with 10 minutes to, <laughs> to protect the lead isn't mm-hmm. a bad a bad policy. 1-0 up or 1-0 down, yeah. Lee yeah. Ashcroft is not a yeah. bad substitute yep. in the last 15 minutes of a game. Yeah, just from the view from this side of the road, I mean, the, the example would be Declan Gallagher was playing basically every single minute, looking good, looking good, yeah, looking yeah. good. Now you're, you're without. Yeah. For, now you're without him for six weeks. Now mm-hmm. the, the same thing could. I mean, touch wood, it doesn't. But mm-hmm. the same yeah. thing could happen to Joe Shaughnessy, and you don't want to then be thinking, "Oh, is our definitely good go. enough?" You yeah. know, you want to be bringing in a guy who's been working uh, really well, got pedigree, and uh, most of all, you know, knows your system. You don't want to be going yeah. out having to sign somebody. You know, he knows your system, knows the job. Uh, I feel a wee bit sorry for Lee. I feel like he's almost um, know, paying for for being too good a type. Uh-huh, you know, see if it was somebody else, they'd maybe be chapping on the door and yeah, saying, can yeah. I get out of here? But he is such a pro that uh, Tony Doherty probably knows that he can have him in, in uh, yeah. reserve yeah. and not have to worry him about getting agitated or, or, or making Causing waves. Trouble. So, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe Lee needs to be a bit more forthright <laughs> if he wants to play more football. Time across the road, I think, boys. Well, Alan, no shock news on Monday, thanks to your stories last week, as David Witherspoon did sign. He did indeed. <laughs> Good. Are we skipping straight over the game on Friday night? Because that would really no. be merciful. No. Um, yeah, uh, David Witherspoon, who lined up for neither side, uh, despite having... Uh, was he there? Uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe uh, so. A wise um, man. Uh, considering he was... Um, he's, you know, he's back in full training now, so there's, there's no, no injury concerns, but he was coming back from a, a slight hamstring. So, um, and big dunk for all his reputation. I, I don't think he's uh, the type to be so mean-spirited as to make the poor guy drive up to uh, no. to Inverness uh, on the third last day of, 
of his Inverness contract. Uh-huh. Um, but he's a, I think he's a really good signer. Uh, I, did a, I did a piece this week just saying that I mean, it's almost a no-brainer signer to the point of being a bit dull um, <laughs> because yeah. you were looking at that division thinking, if you were going to sign one player as Dundee United, it's probably him. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a natural winner, fast experience, very talented, probably best operated, and he's been operating in the, the number 10 position, if you like, for Inverness, and that's where Dundee United have maybe been a little bit lacking in guile and penetration mm-hmm. this season. Um, you know, Glenn Middleton and Kai Fotheringham, between them, have got 33 goals and assists. You're fine from the flanks. What you do need to do is if an opposition team is managing to shut you down yeah. in those areas, have something in central area, have something that makes the opposition think, and David Wallerspoon in that pocket um, can absolutely do that. Short term suits everybody. Dundee United can uh, look at what uh, what division they're in, what their finances look like before thinking about anything going forward. And David Wallerspoon can come, hopefully, if all goes well and goes to plan for him, win another trophy, score a few goals and put himself in the shop window as well because one way or the other, I think he wants to be playing uh, at a level that he thinks he's befitting of still. Um, mm-hmm. Next season, and that's either the Scottish Premiership or who knows the you know the guys. And his record Inverness suggests he can because he was he was working on his fitness and he had all these involvement and in goals in his brief time at Inverness. Yeah, absolutely. He played eleven of thirteen games, which kind of makes a bit of a mockery of while he was sitting without a club for four months, the conversation suddenly seemed to be: um, is he is he is his legs gone? Is he fit enough? Is he this? Mm-hmm. Is he that? Just because of playing a, a, a lack of, of football with St Johnston when he was, it should be said, available to play, mm. just drifted out of the team. And I guess when you're out for a year with that, with that ACL that he picked up in, in 21 going into 22, um, I guess puts question marks over your head. But he was pretty honest about saying how annoyed he was by that. Um, because mm. I, And I can get the frustration. Like He must be sitting there without a club thinking... Why is a why am I suddenly being talked about as if I'm a crock with a massive injury record? He had yeah. one huge injury, yeah, and then uh, he's gone up to Inverness, and as I say, he's pretty much been involved in every game, been a standout in every game. So um, those question marks and whether they were ever valid in the first place, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's, he'll he body better than anyone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I guess that's where the frustration comes from because you'll be hearing these conversations and thinking. I don't really recognise that. Uh, you know, I, they're talking about me as if I'm breaking down and I'm out here training with Dunfermline and I'm a standout every day and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I mean, Dunfermline offered him a deal. Dunfermline were desperate to, desperate to get him yeah. in. So I think I think he's coming with just the right amount of chip on his shoulder, if that makes mm-hmm. sense as well. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that I quite like players when they're, uh, you know... Point they, proof. Yeah, and, and when they're spiky, when they answer mm. questions by saying, yeah, that annoyed me, or yeah, I'm not happy with this, or I'm not happy with that. You, you want them to... Um, I think Louis Moult's a good example of that at the start of the season. Yeah. And, and he's mm-hmm. taken that into his football. Um, so a, a David Watherspoon, as talented as he is, with the pedigree that he's got, who's also wound up to put point, you know, prove a point, is a, is a very smart signing for Dundee United. Very smart signing. And... It might be music to his ears, and it was to mine to hear his new manager say he's a player that takes risks, and that's what I want him to do. Now, obviously, the the qualification for that is he does it in the right areas of the park. Of course. Right? But that's what, you want that license. You want managers to give forward players license to try things. I've, I've always argued that the player uh, with the worst passing stats in your team... Mm-hmm can and should probably be your number 10 because he's trying more difficult passes than than most. The, the guys further back, you want the 10-yard square pass mm-hmm. or the 10-yard forward pass, but you want him to try to thread the ball or put the ball in areas that will lead to goals. And at times in games, United, for all the, the goals they've scored and all the, the wins they've chalked up this season, at times in games you thought there's more... F- to come from you going forward and Wotherspoon can provide that, can't you? Yeah, he? which is really, and it is a challenge for Dundee United because of the division they're in and the stature of the club uh, they are. That You know, there's maybe this perception that they should be playing beautiful attacking football and scoring goals and creating loads and loads of chances. And I think anybody that's 
we've covered the big club in this division, which you guys obviously have as, as Dundee. Know how difficult that can yeah. be at times when teams come and park. Mm. I think back to Cove Rangers at Dens Park yeah. last season. Oh. It, it is not easy to to win those football matches because these are good, solid pros that are fit and know how to you know keep a shape and follow a plan. And it is easier to defend an attack. That is, any manager will tell you that. Any coach. I was just going to say that Cove Rangers game was a fantastic example of a of a game that a David Witherspoon would have won for yes, Dundee yeah. because he would have stuck to the plan. Whereas I thought that game, all the kids ran into the box <laughs> because Cove Cove retreated into the box, yeah. so Dundee charged into the box. Whereas, yes, an experienced, talented man says, "No, no, keep keep come out here. Here's a wee bit of space." Well, that's why I'm using that game. But as it's still example. difficult because I've watched that game play out at Tannadice quite mm. a few times this season. Sometimes United have broken them down, sometimes they've been left frustrated. And what you need is different dimensions in your team. See if a team is retreating into the box. See a David Watherspoon <laughs> who could drop a shoulder 30 yards out, step forward and curl one into the top corner. All of a sudden, the team is a little bit more cognizant of dropping too far back because they've got somebody that can do something from outside mm. the box. And they step forward. Now Dundee United have signed Alex Grieve. Who can yeah. who can run in behind? They've added in these two signings a slight slightly different dimensions to their mm. play, which should hopefully help them um, navigate what was becoming a slight concern in terms of how to cut open defenses that that, that are deep and. Um, you know they'll need to settle in. Uh, you know get used to the way the the play goes and things. But just from a, a tactical perspective, I think both both signings make sense and offer something that they didn't have before so um and they got their business done all things considered relatively early which you know we're talking again about yeah, yeah. you know dundee getting something nice and early mm -hmm. after the after the, the the disappointment let's call it of last january um getting business done nice and early i think they've probably only got one left to bring in if nobody goes out um, but they've I already done more, more business this January. Absolutely, last January. Yeah. Absolutely. It's no really difficult. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> one is more than none. Uh, You've got to learn. No, they got one. They got one. They brought in Loic last last yeah. January through no, through no fault of of his own, somewhat pillory, <laughs> just because he wasn't a striker. <laughs> um, but you never know. It's uh, the, the the search for a defender. Ironically, mentioning Loic um, might go uh, might go a little bit later because. Mm. Um, um, I think they'll want to get Ollie uh, Denham um, out and down the road and uh, back to Cardiff, maybe out on, on, on somebody else, uh, somewhere else. So those are all moving parts with regards to the mm -hmm. defence. But defence is okay, aside from the fact that Declan yeah. Gallagher doesn't fit at the moment. Um, the, the, what they needed to do was freshen up the attack, bring in somebody with a bit of pace and bring in David Watherspoon for a bit of guile uh, when teams are defending deep and they've got that done nice and early. And I know they're already working hard in terms of those two players bedding in and being ready for, for Dunfermline. Um, and it's nice that they've got that wee break because mm -hmm. uh, it allows these two new boys to, to sort of bed in and hopefully be good to go pretty much from the from the bat. Off the bat, mm -hmm. if you want to use the actual expression. <laughs> <laughs> Any bat will do. <laughs> I said, going back to what's been bearing would you be tempted if you were Jim Goodwin to basically say to him, you don't need to run about too much and please don't tackle because tackles can lead yeah. to injuries. Just do what you're good at. Get that, use the ball when it's at your I've feet. I've watched David Wallace he doesn't tend to run about too much and put in too many tackles. It's what he does when he's on the ball. Is, yeah. is he doesn't really make, he's clever. He does, yeah. he, does, he does the miles. I mean, the, the stats will back that up. He, he, he does the hard yards as well. No doubt about that. But he just looks so easy on the ball, you know, and buys himself time. He looks as though he's always got a bit of space. I think... I read somewhere Jim Goodwin might have called him an unlocker, and I think that's a, a good description. He's going to unlock defences yeah. for Dundee United and open the door for so many players now, for, for the likes of Fotheringham, Mo, Middleton. He's got that, that brain in his head to do that, and I think it's a terrific sign. And then I watched Alec Grieve uh, uh, up at uh, Inverness on, on Friday night, and I thought he did well. I thought well. he was one of the highlights I thought of he the did game. Well. He, he remi I, don't know, I can remember him at St Martin and I, th I thought he would be good for Dundee United and you saw the energy that he possesses and, and going forward that'll be good for Dundee United as well. Um, I've got to say, I thought the game was, uh, wasn't was the greatest. I, Tom actually, Max Anderson was good yeah, to yeah. go back to Dundee. In layman's terms, Tom, it was, it was mince. I thought it was Jim, mince. Goodwin, Jim Goodwin's <laughs> yeah. after-match interview was brilliant when yeah. he said, oh, you might yeah. get complaints from off At least he was honest. And Kevin Holt and Tony yeah. Ocherty uh, Tony Doherty, Kevin Holt and Tony Watt uh, held up their hands afterwards. Yeah. But 
everyone knows and United fans weren't complaining. The win was everything, wasn't it? Of course it was. I think, I, I, and you know what? I'm saying it was mincing. It wasn't even sort of good mince. It was that sort of reduced, reduced part of that the supermarket is going slightly green. But yeah, I'll tell you what. United fans. What yeah. supermarket do you right. go to that they're selling green mints? <laughs> this is why beer never gets to do the shopping. <laughs> United, his family. No, United fans will swallow that for the rest of the oh, season yeah. and they could come away with a result <laughs> like that every week because of what a result that was oh. I mean I, I thought the game was, was petering out to a 0-0 draw yes. I thought Glenn Middleton had some one of his quieter games he took a bit of a smack in, in the first half I took a sore one eh? but well he gets on the boys on. the one man capable of putting across a ball like that because it was it was fantastic and fair play to Tony Watt for getting in on the end of it because he you know a lot of balls you see go right across the face of the goal and you go Where's the striker? Somebody mm. could have just tapped that one in. Well, Tony Watt was in there, and I think he mentioned after the game that mm. manager's been urging him to get in the box and get in there. But what what are three points, you know? But even after that. Another refreshingly honest point. Yeah. I'm always criticised for going. <laughs> you were waiting for the chip on your shoulder. Yeah. But and he went, and I should be criticised because I don't get in the box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even after that, the game suddenly picks up and Inverness get the. Yeah. The, the penalty shout and you know I don't know if Alan you're sort or not was that, it would have been a bit harsh I think but it definitely strikes uh, if, Grimshaw yeah. on, on the arm but felt know, to me like one that VAR might you know, give well, you, you know, know what in these I days thought was, I, I thought was actually refreshing I was actually refreshing decent penalty claim where the entire team <laughs> run after the referee yeah. and he's running backwards going no 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 <laughs> see if that was uh -huh. VAR yeah. the referee would have just stopped where he was and went they're checking it ah, you know yeah. and there's and tell but it was really good to see a, a good penalty ah, but, responsibility. But three points great three points in fairness, in fairness to the ref it was one of these nightmare ones where it was a clear hand ball the ball the ball struck a long way away mm -hmm. from the alleged defender but then he's got the guy jumping mm -hmm. right in I front of him I had sympathy for the referee yeah. for the stick he was hitting because I mean, I was I'm glad from a United point of view he didn't give it, but I thought it was one of these ones where he's got to say, well, I can give this with some justification, but I can turn it down with some justification. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because I, the lad had jumped right in front. Yeah, I don't think Liam Grimshaw can do anything. No, no, no exactly. I think yeah, also his hand is right by his side. He yeah, hasn't, he hasn't I, deliberately handled the ball. I, I can absolutely understand Inverness's frustration because it does halt a dangerous attack. Mm. However... It wasn't, it wasn't a shot that was goal bound, which is when. Um, yeah. No, so the Inverness player who jumped right in front of him. Yeah. I, I don't know how he missed it. He should, he mm. should have connected with the ball. So Grimshaw is totally taken by surprise. And it's, I, I thought, you know, Duncan Ferguson's comments uh, regarding the uh, the referee bottling it. I, I, I think is is perhaps a harsh way to put it. But what it would what it would maybe be fair to say is he was cognizant of the time of you know in the game yeah. and see if you are going to give that you need to be absolutely 100 yeah, yeah. sure I, and i think, I think any that's refereeing expert would say if in doubt you can't give it yes, there was a doubt there and i think the the time of the game and the fact it was televised the fact it was against dundee united whatever the, the context i think they were all playing on his mind when considering if i'm not sure I can't give it and I think in his head the bar would have been very high to give that as a penalty and I'm not sure it reached mm. that bar uh -huh. just due to the fact that as I say Liam Grimshaw's hands by his side he doesn't see the ball coming it's not a deliberate movement I I just yeah I, I'm not sure honestly what VAR would make of it um, I, I just get the like, feeling of the mess the handball maybe, rule is yeah. these days that it yeah. might have just been given by VAR but, but it's, maybe that points to because Alamir's obviously an experienced referee mm -hmm been around before the handball rule got totally messed up mm -hmm. in the yeah. old in Oldies football handball. yeah exactly yeah. so uh, i think that maybe helped in uh, terms of you know also we'll have to say given the amount of possession in Vernes had with hardly a shot yeah. there's no reason to believe they would have scored a penalty no. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> agree with bear though it's refreshing that yeah. listen we had a bit of controversy the ref uh, the managers vented their spleen we got on with our lives and now it's forgotten yeah. It was just one of those. Yeah. Whereas the conversation would probably still be happening now if a VAR had made a decision because people would then just argue about the VAR decision and it yeah. then yeah. carries on for another few days. So this is great. This is what football used to be before we all ruined it. So ah. it's, it's good stuff. But a big three and points for United. I was going and to say, the worst, the worst game of the season might be the one that everybody yeah. remembers because it was uh, it well, could be a pivotal I moment. I think that, Alan can correct me, I think that's, that's six points United have taken up at uh, Inverness, Inverness with late, late, late goals. Late goals. Mm -hmm. 
That was early was compared to the first yeah. one. The first one was an injury time, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, the, uh, effectively, they were drawn both matches, so they have four points yep. more than what mm. they would have, and... Uh, suffice to say, those four points would have them four adrift of race rovers at well, the I'm moment. Sure many so it's huge. And they're back that. holding yeah. that insurmountable yeah. lead that I told you they had in yeah. October. I'm well, sure many United <laughs> fans on, on Friday night, you know, it's getting to half past nine, they're looking going, we're going to, we're going to drop points here. Wraith have got to stick on three points tomorrow. They'll be, mm. they're going to be five points ahead of us come Saturday night. Just shoes, yeah, football. Yeah. 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 I, I, funnily enough, I, I stayed over up in Inverness and then came back down the road. And Softies, um, um, being uh, being sort of convenient to the the journey path, um, I dipped into uh, Starks Park. Um, to watch that game, so it Mad was, these days, yeah. bear. You, know, I just, <laughs> you like to have some semblance of some semblance of knowing. Uh, I didn't say I was working at it. Um, some semblance of knowing who you know who and you're Mick, talking I about. I always felt as lazy as I could be. I always felt. See if you did two games in two days, you always felt sort of like. <laughs> make it clear that I wasn't actually doing any work no. I was just uh, I used to get much warmer welcome at, at Race Rovers as well ah, it's, uh, mm. it's shameful but it's uh, and that was a much more watchable game but it did it, it summed up the difference in the two title challengers that we've been talking about a yeah. lot this season which is Dundee United are can sometimes be a tough watch but they don't really concede goals. They don't give anything They're about. never out of control yeah. of football matches. They've conceded two goals <laughs> in, in 10 away matches yeah, this season in the league, crazy. which is preposterous. And then you go down to Starks Park, and even when Race Rovers take the lead early, see when they go through their sticky patch, patch even, they, you fancy the other team to score. Yeah. It's, it's one of those that you can't mm. quite put your finger on it, but they they are a team that really, really needs defensive reinforcements. You can get at them, and um, I was going to say a lot. A lot was rightly made about their late, late goals, but there's been an awful lot of games this season. Wraith have taken the lead and had to retake the lead to win because, yeah. as you say, the giveaway goals. It's very entertaining, and even then, I enjoyed watching them. They play at yeah. a, they play at a super pace. They get the ball wide. They get the you know they they run at their man. They bomb bodies forward. But your problem then is. You're you're vulnerable on turnovers. If you lose the mm. the ball and the team hits a quick diagonal, then you could be cut open. And that um, I mean that's what happened to them certainly for the for the but first. It's never going to be sustainable. I mean, I saw a bit of the Wraith game. You, you, you can't just keep hoping you're going it's to get a, a couple of goals to win games. Score goals. Yeah, it's not sustainable having games that are wide open like that. And that's why I would edge towards Dungeon United claiming this title because Alan's right. They have got a. A, re a track record of clean sheets and being able to grind out, you know, games when they've got that. Wraith don't. Wraith are winning. It's exciting football to watch. I will point out, even when I said you would win the league by October, yeah. actual games, the te teams that win the championship win a lot of games by one goal. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, and Wraith don't look as though they're no. that sort of team, I've got to say. I do think it'll be interesting to see what Wraith do this January. January's always big for yeah. title challenges, and it's still tight. Wraith Rovers could still win the league. Let's not talk as if it's all imploded. It hasn't, and they're still a fine no, team. No. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they do in January, because mm -hmm. if I were a Wraith Rovers supporter, um, I, I'd be thinking just... It's maybe there's maybe a need to just slightly tweak the priorities. You don't rip that up. It's it's a team that's functioning mm -hmm. very well in certain ways. However, Ian Murray's Airdrie team wasn't a harem scarum uh, forward back tennis basketball type team. It was it could be quite a circumspect side at times. Um, so I think if he could just bring in maybe a little bit, a couple of defenders. Um, he's got Sean Byrne there. Sean Byrne could maybe do with somebody who's a. I mean, that's another Sam Stanton is what they need effectively. Yeah, They've really yeah. missed Sam Stanton. They, they need a, a a little bit more depth in the eight position so that uh, somebody can help Sean by shuttling back because Sean was a one-man defence, a yeah. uh, defensive midfield at I, times. On, I thought uh, I saw, on, when I, what I saw a Wraith on Saturday, I thought Sean Byrne was having to do too much. Yes, I totally yeah. agree. You, totally you, agree. you don't want Sean Byrne to have to do too much. You want him to do his job mm -hmm. in the middle of the park, break yeah. up play, pass it to 10 yards, let somebody else go on with it. But he was having to yeah. do all sorts of things that, that aren't his strong points in his mm -hmm. game. Um, so you're right. That's that's probably what they'll be looking. And at. Stanton's the one that can cover. Yeah. He, he's yes. always been like he can cover the yards, can't he? So he can he can chip in at one end and and be there at the other seconds later. Mm -hmm. yeah. so. so we'll see. As I say, we've discussed how Dundee United have addressed certain weaknesses that were that I've pointed out. I think it's kind of the ball is in Wraith Rovers' court in terms of addressing the mm -hmm. uh, the weaknesses they've got because neither team is perfect. Neither team is perfect, and 
what those two sides look like coming out of January will will define a long way in terms of how this this title race is going to go. I mean, switching back purely to United and talking about vital components in the middle of the park, Ross Doherty could be back by their next league game. Yeah, and just hoping Parti- that. Particularly with David Witherspoon in the lineup, that could be a mm-hmm. a big partnership, couldn't it? Um, it could be. Um, I don't think it will be um, because <laughs> I think uh, Ross Doherty and Craig Sibble are some very nice. <laughs> Craig Sibble <laughs> off now. Um, and I am not speaking again. Uh, Ross Doherty and Craig Sibble are pretty much cemented as the as the engine room uh, when both are available. Uh, the depressing thing is like, neither have been able to play yeah. together that often. Mm-hmm. So there, could, there could be a connection though, because Ross Doherty has been very good at getting the ball into dangerous positions. Yeah, in my in my team uh, such as it is I would oh. I'd be having David Wallerspoon just in front of Ross Docker yeah, that's for example that is a that's an, a fearsome triangle I didn't say lateral sure. partner <laughs> <laughs> vertical partner very good yes uh, that's very modern of you. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to craft a vertical partnership are they I read it somewhere yeah Tam the tactical <laughs> <laughs> didn't expect to see that um, yeah so you need to get one of those Twitter accounts that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Anyway, I'm being glib. Um, but the question then is, uh, because you're not dropping Kai Fotheringham or Glenn Middleton, yeah. it leaves you a one striker. So you're playing either Tony Watt or Louis Moult, and uh-huh. neither of those players signed up to be sitting on the bench. No. Um, so um, I think what it's fair to say is it's a team that's now built without the assumption that everyone will be available every week um, because they haven't been. Mm-hmm. So um, I think... And that's the thing about... I mean, somebody pointed this out to me uh, the other day. Ross Doherty... You tend to fall into, oh, well, he's, he's of that age. Has this been his career? Is this why he's never been at a Dundee United before? But he's never been an yep. injury mm-hmm. problem for mm-hmm. any manager. And he's yeah. just had a nightmare in terms of injury since he's come to United. But there's every reason to believe mm-hmm. on his career stats, he'll be around for the rest of the yeah. season. I think the Jim Goodwin was quite interesting, actually, although he didn't delve into too much detail. Basically said they've taken lessons from their pre-season with Ross because um, he he ended last season playing seven games in 26 days and the last of those games went to uh, 120 minutes and penalties so that is an unbelievable amount of football and he then came in and he was back playing on July the 15th with Dundee United it's probably too much football Mm -hmm. and if Jim Goodwin worked everyone as hard as um, he certainly told us he worked them maybe um, maybe there's an appreciation that it didn't work out for, for Ross and he's been plagued mm-hmm. with niggly muscle things and listen, it happens, everyone's an expert, uh, uh, you know, in yeah, hindsight. Um, and especially when there is a player, as you say, they'll have been, his entire fitness scheme will have been planned out based on the fact that he is not an injury-prone player. He is mm-hmm. a he's a mm-hmm. fit player. If you look at a guy that can play seven games in 26 days, you're not, you're not then going to go, oh, we really need to deal with him with kid gloves in pre-season. Easy, yeah, you yeah. know, you think yeah. that you'll be okay. So... Um, maybe those kind of learnings haven't been, um, or should I should say, well, you know, will be taken into account. And the important thing now is just getting him back to a point where he's back for good. And whether that means he initially plays the last half hour of a couple of games, or he only plays the first half of of his, you know, initial game, just whatever way you need to manage it. He just Was needs- that part of his problem exactly such a figure? I remember, I can't remember the gate game but I remember him coming back and he was expected to play an hour and he played the 90 minutes mm-hmm. and he, he, he seems to be that kind of boy that he's once he gets going oh yeah he, he, he shrugs off an injury and keeps playing oh, I bet he's a nightmare to try and figure out when he yeah. could use a break because I, I, he probably no tell you uh, you know uh-huh. he's he, very much a, a hard working type but I think we're at the stage now where if he feels anything he'll probably be saying yeah. listen let's but, because it is something that um, it's now about getting the, the maximum amount of minutes out of him and the fact that Jordan Tilson's playing and is now settled in and is getting his own match fitness is positive because it means that if Ross Doherty starts the game you can take him off at 60 and the team can just tick along without him because Jordan Tilson can come on and do a similar job beside Craig Sibold so that's where the depth is important um, I was going to say we saw Dundee last season without them at times playing great football how, how big it was to have his as many of their squad available as possible in the second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Jim Goodwin is the sort of manager to me that he, he'll ask his players, he'll, he'll say to them, look, do you feel fit enough to, to go on the part? And, and a lot of players will say, yeah, I, I feel good to go. And similarly, when they're on the park, are, are you okay? And 
guys like Doherty probably going, yeah, but I think probably there, there comes a time where the manager has to go, you know what, let's get him off for the last half hour because yeah. if we leave him on, we could miss him for the last, next two or mm. three weeks. I, I, there's something wrong. So it's, it's, it's managing players, managing the fitness, knowing your players, knowing who can do what. Knowing when you're having a when you've got training session on the Monday and you're maybe putting in some hard yards because you feel your team needs to get their fitness up, you know, because managers do that rather than sort of tactical stuff. They'll go, see today is going to be about running. Going to guys like Dawkins saying, no, you just go with the kids and do All something right. different. You don't have to do this. You'll be fine. I mean, delving yeah. history. One of the one of the things that when I started working with him by by reputation, Jim McLean, and it was a fair reputation was such a hard ta yeah. taskmaster, but with his experienced players, if his experienced players came in and said, I don't think I should I'm train today, 99% yeah. of the time, that they dictated that. He, he trusted experienced players to do what they needed to do to get ready mm -hmm. uh, for a Saturday. And I think, I, I think Jim, Jim Goodwin is very much a, a, that elk when it comes to trusting players when they're, Saying I'm I'm fit I'm not fit I could do a bit extra or I should do a bit less. Yeah, but well, it might, might come to the point though where he has to take make a decision. Yeah, yeah. as different to that of what the player thinks he mm. should be doing because he's trying to protect the player as, as much as possible. There's still was it 16 games to go? Don't you know? There's, there's a lot of football to be played in this league and and you want your best players there for the majority of that time. So sometimes it's 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 worthwhile giving a player a break so you get the benefit benefit of them in the long run. That seemed to be what happened with Declan Gallagher as well. Speaking to him after the Obroth match, basically said, you know, Declan said he was fine. Declan said yeah. he was good to go. And I I was stunned to see Declan Gallagher and I Scott was. McMahon for that matter in the starting lineup at Gayfield after the way he went down in the Park Thistle yeah. game. I immediately thought you're out for a while yeah and especially because he went down he then played on for 10 minutes he went down again mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. more pain apparently and I, I just thought it was a risk that, that from the outside and, and we don't have the information that United have so I'm not suggesting it was a you know a mad decision I'm sure it was made with, with the expertise they have there but it was still a surprising decision a really surprising decision and yeah as Bear says you do wonder even if a Declan Gallagher is saying listen I'm ready put me out there Maybe that's one way you say Nightmare you know what? for a man. I mean, you're talking about a former Scotland international, yeah. vastly know, experienced know, player saying, I'm, I'm okay. And yeah. and I'm not questioning Declan, Declan Gallagher's thoughts on it, but for a manager, how how do you <coughs> how do you say to a guy with that experience, no, you're no? Yeah. I think if there's one game to go to him, and you go, if you're fit, you're playing. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if there's 16. one game to go and Declan Gallagher <laughs> says, I'm no sure I'm fit, Jim Goodwin will say, I'm you're sure fit. you are. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. What I would say is though the break is fantastic. The break feels like yeah. they listen. Getting put out of the Scottish Cup was dreadful, and uh, let's not pretend. I, I quite it. enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Oh yeah, you weren't here the week after, were you? It's, it's, um, it's still it's, drunk. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> that was your first win of the season. We no, didn't even win it. <laughs> going well now, aren't you? No, there's no positive to be taken from that other than. It's a really well-timed fortnight and it feels like a yeah. reset. And you look yeah. at that squad that Jim Goodwin will now have available um, to him for that game against Dunfermline. It's basically everybody, including Waterspoon and Grieve, and barring um, Declan Gallagher. You've got Mikkelsen back, you've got everybody. You, all of a sudden you look at that squad and say that's... You know, you, you're, you're approaching yeah. the second half of the season. Two weeks to work with yeah. I was just going to say mm. though, Alan, what about... I mean, obviously if Gallagher's out... How are uh, Ross Graham and, and Kevin Holt doing together? Well, Ross Graham, I thought, play. Uh, Ross Graham's very good when asked to defend. Mm -hmm. and um, But I, I just think the balance of the team is off when, when there's, there's two lefties. And that's yeah, not yeah. Ross Graham's fault, but too often the, the possession goes to Liam Grimshaw uh, to his immediate right rather than breaking the lines, which is what Kevin Holt time tends to do on his natural left side. Mm. Um, Kevin Holt incident, who I thought was outstanding. He was, he yeah. was. Um, and so I, I don't think it's any fault of his own that I don't think that would be Ross Graham's best position, but he is doing the job he's been asked to do very well and is continuing this decent defensive record that United got apart from the Morton game, which was not just poor by Ross, it was poor by every defender on the pitch, so let's not pin that on, on one player. So they will, I think, uh, get a right-sided centre-half in. Uh, they need to because there is just no point having Ollie Denham, who clearly doesn't have the belief mm. of the manager, um, sitting on the bench. It doesn't do him any good, it doesn't do Cardiff any good, it doesn't do Dundee United any good. So 
I think getting a right-sided centre back in. Not uh, the easiest though. I mean, I was no, it's speaking, tough, to, it's speaking tough. to Lee Wilkie this week. Yep. It's called. You know, he was, did he, did he the fancy the gig? Or? The street, <laughs> there's that? a spanner in there. <laughs> did did Wilkie <laughs> fancy a gig? <laughs> <laughs> um, he was just. Did they make shorts up big? <laughs> Oh, You've seen the size of Lee Wilkie, <laughs> haven't you? Uh, come back, yeah. Um, no, he, he was just saying that how uh, he thought it might be tricky to entice somebody in to United because Holt and Gallagher have been mm. so strong. How do you get a guy to come in that might just sit on the bench? Yeah. So, uh, I mean... Tell them Gallagher's out for 12 weeks. Well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Gallagher's out, yeah. Well, you do. You, I mean, you'd be inclined to maybe... Yeah, Declan Gallagher hasn't played every yeah, yeah. game this season, I think. I'm thinking of a three. It would, it, it would be harder to entice somebody in for left-sided centre-back probably because Kevin Holt's been bulletproof all season. Yeah. But um, I don't know. That is that is the challenge and that's where you'd be maybe looking at the, you know... the. I, I can imagine there'll just be some players out there that go, am I going to get a game if I mm. go there? I'll uh, so also go, of, am I going to get a, a winner's medal? We're so. well into overtime. <laughs> right, okay. And I can't finish without asking... It says here Tony Watts snubbed by his chickens. <laughs> That's the big story. I couldn't resist that one. I saw it. What's happened? His, I, chicken, I, his chickens don't like him. <laughs> and he seems genuinely perturbed by it. He's got chickens now. I think you I know, know that. I, I know uh, he's got chickens. I know. I, and they, they don't, they don't, they don't his like wife it. got him chickens <laughs> for his birthday. Aye. Tell you, I've had worse presents from my wife for my birthday <laughs> sometimes. Uh, and aye. deservedly so. Aye. But... How does he know his chickens don't like him? Because they run away from him. Which I thought all chickens, chickens run away from that, yeah. That's what chickens do. I don't know if Tony was expecting cuddles or or what, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's I'm I'm sure they'll develop a bond as as time goes on. But in the meantime, his uh, his pre-match meal was was homemade omelets from his own chickens. So it's uh, I was going to say homemade chicken. <laughs> no wonder they don't like him. <laughs> well, do you know? In all seriousness, he did used to he, he did travel to training last season in that um, the Black Rooster Perry Perry chicken van with uh, <laughs> maybe with, found out. with Charlie Mugru. So yeah. see if I'm a chicken. I'm looking at him with oh, suspicion. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, know, I know why you're walking towards me with a smile on your face <laughs> yeah, exactly. and a knife and fork behind your back. Uh, exactly. Anyway, Tony, we're with you. We'll, 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 we'll look for a chicken counsellor if, if need be, but we're backing you, Tony. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetele.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. Mm-hmm.